Kia ora, welcome to the Uncomfortable Is Okay podcast. I'm your host Chris Desmond and this is a show where we make it easier for you to get out of your comfort zone. Today's guest is Jace Tepatu. Jace is a co-owner of Afi Yoga here in Wellington, formerly Power Living Yoga. He's a fitness guru, he is a mental health advocate, a suicide prevention advocate and a mindfulness advocate as well actually and just an all-round great dude. So today Jason and I chat through some pretty deep stuff. So we're talking we're talking about mental well-being, we're talking about figuring out who you are, we're talking about Jace teaching mindfulness to kids and what effect and changes that has. We talk through some heavy stuff as well. The suicide prevention and challenges that we face with that in New Zealand. So today is a is a bit of a heavy episode. So if anyone does does want to talk and if anyone needs a, an ear or a friend, then then reach out to Jace or myself. If you're struggling with stuff and we're we're both here, happy to have conversations and happy to to see if we can help out in any way, any way that we can. Also, this episode today is brought to you by Uncomfortable Media and the Uncomfortable Community. And the Uncomfortable Community, it's basically, it's like a gym, but it's for your comfort zone. So we train ourselves to get better at stepping outside of our comfort zone. And like a, like a good gym, not like a big globo gym, the community around that is a, is a really important part. Um, we're here to kind of hold each other accountable. We're here to lift each other up when we need to. We're here to tell fart jokes as well when someone needs that. So sign up for a free month. Head over to uncomfortablecommunity.com. That's uncomfortablecommunity.com. And use the code PODCAST to get your first month free. One more thing just before we kick off. This episode is a little bit different in that Jason and I were, were having a bit of a chat about just about kind of life and process and, and some of the stuff around the podcast. And I recorded it just to check out what the audio was like. I think it's quite interesting. So I've decided to leave it in because we talk through some some uncomfortable stuff that, that's happening for both of us now. So I thought you guys might like that. So about five minutes in is when we when we start the official podcast. But thank you guys so much for getting uncomfortable with Jace and I today. Because of the podcast, obviously, there's people from all over the world that listen mm-hmm. and tune in. Can I do like an online offering in terms of like an online sort of workshop so that people from around the world can, can jump on board with that and have access that they don't need to live in Wellington as well? So There's so many ways you can do that with Zoom and with, you know, people just coming online with you and listening oh, to the teachings. You yeah, know, yeah. you probably already explored that, but... That's so a possibility, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I hear you around the being an imposter thing, you know, but what I know to be true, especially in the world that I'm in, like, like I've, I remember when I first got back here to New Zealand, people were like, oh, this bro's a, all the things that I'd done before I was a yoga teacher, and yeah, I've been yeah. away from New Zealand, so they only, most people only ever knew me as a performer mm-hmm. or a Les Mills, you know, trainer, yeah. not a yoga teacher. 
and also didn't even know anything around my own personal training how long I've been practicing yoga mm. so lots of judgment around that that tall yeah, poppy yeah. New Zealand tall poppy syndrome thing and that kind of incited similar thing for me around am I a fraud and then I went to a wanderlust and I was presenting there I was only one of two teachers there Kiwi teachers mm. and I was like oh my gosh I'm good because when I think about what yoga is it's about life really not just the shapes that we make on a, sh- on a, on a mat yeah and I've had 44 years of experience in life <laughs> and some pretty shit things have happened and then some amazing things have happened so I can speak from that and I know I'm great at speaking from my heart and that's what I realised when I realised oh I'm not a fraud at all if I just continue to share what I believe yoga is then I'm not a fraud like and my intention was clear like I really get from listening to a podcast that your intention is clear is that you're here to just share really yeah yeah and I think that's like that's an important part of it is that the more I experience life the more that I figure out that there's no one right way to do anything so the more like the more ideas that I can share and the more stories from different people doing different things that I can share then hopefully the people that are listening are going to be able to take something from that conversation maybe not everything maybe they're like no no, actually I I wouldn't do it that way Mm. but this stuff is something that I haven't thought about that actually really resonates with the way that I want to I can apply that to my life straight away the topic of comfort zones is quite cool in that regard is that everyone's got one and everyone's is different yeah and in different parts of our lives it's really different as well like as a as a Kiwi male that my physical comfort zone is yeah. quite large, Huge whereas my day. emotional comfort was, zone is yes. bigger than what it was, but yeah, it's much smaller, mm. which is, uh, yeah, so it's, it's kind of been a, it's been a fascinating process and it's been one that I've probably learned quite a lot about myself doing as well. Of course you would have. Mm. And I really love that around you you realizing already that you're not going to resonate with every i think you even said it in one one of them you know that you're not going to resonate with any yeah. or engage with everyone yeah but having different people on speaking from their perspective mm. can resonate really beautifully with you know all the pockets of people that are listening to you yeah, yeah. in different ways you yeah know? yeah i listened to a bit of tim ferris and one of the things that he says is like i he's like every kind of fifth episode i want people to love it that some people are going to love this one some people are going to love the next one some people are going to love the following one and you'll probably feel indifferent or just kind of you're like the other ones are right but this one I love and he thinks of it that way is that yeah you never know who's going to love a conversation that you bring out exactly but as long as they're kind of loving some then and that's enough yeah, engagement someone's, someone, yeah someone's going to love the other ones that you put out as well mm-hmm. and I've had conversations with with people that I was like that was that was amazing I really really enjoyed that conversation and they don't get as much traction as some of the other conversations that I've had that were just think oh that was good but it could have gone deeper and it could have been more to it yeah. um, but they, they they're the ones that kind of take <coughs> off it's interesting it's yeah. an interesting process to go through. What I really like about, because I love a cordial, and that's why I have all these events at my yeah. studio, is you're just you. Yeah. You're just you. Whereas some podcasts I've heard, of, like a couple of my friends, 
Right. Oh, that's not you. That's you knowing that there's a microphone on you and there's no mm. authenticity and it comes across. It's not natural. It's a bit forced. Yeah. I think with, like, I've done like 120 episodes or something now. So to start with, I think it was, it was a little bit forced and I was trying to be a little bit professional about it and maybe a little bit more formal than, than I needed to be. Yeah, um, yeah. Whereas actually... Now there's a flow and you're just chatting. Yeah. And yeah. then it unfolds naturally. Yeah, And you yeah. probably have some questions that you might want to pose or answer, but uh, mm. I ask, but... Yeah, it flows. It yeah. flows. Sometimes the, the conversation just goes in a way that I'm like, well, I didn't expect it to yeah, happen, yeah, but yeah, let's, yeah. let's follow that. Let's yeah, follow yeah, that. definitely. It's been quite interesting already, and I've hit record, actually, just to see what the, the levels were like, and right. I think it's been like, it's been fascinating. I might have a re-listen to it, if you're all right, and just see, hey, do we want to leave that in there? Sweet ass. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm totally open, man. Cool. Like I said, I love recording also. Cool. Well, <laughs> shall, we, um, shall we jump into mm-hmm. the official part of the podcast, Jace? Yes. Kia ora, Jace. Welcome sure to the Uncomfortable Is OK podcast, mate. Thanks, brother. Yeah, it's it's really good to, to have you here. And you've been on my radar as someone to, to talk to for a wee while, but as we were saying before, my life has been reasonably full recently, so uh, the capacity to uh, <laughs> plan ahead real far has been somewhat limited. So thank you so much for reaching out and teeing up this chat. It's privilege, it's very, bro. It's very cool, Mitch. I usually like to start with people just kind of asking them a little bit about, about themselves. So where you're from, where did you grow up? Were there any big experiences when you were, when you were little, Jace, that mm-hmm. uh, have kind of shaped the path that you've taken? Well, I'm 44 and I've had a full life. That's probably the best way that I can describe it. But if I could sum it up in a few sentences, it would go something like, I was whangaid by my grandparents in Whanganui and it was a beautiful upbringing. I had, I suppose, love and support, all the love and support. I was brought up with my younger brother and won a scholarship to go to one of the best schools in New Zealand, Wanganui Collegiate, for, I suppose, all-round academic sports and extracurricular things. Probably the first thing that I can speak to around the pivot point would be my dad leaving at two. I remember him. That's one of my first childhood memories. I know that's weird, but that meant that we were brought up by our grandparents who walked Mm. out and left us there, and I never met my mum until three years ago, which we'll probably get to at some Mm. stage, I'm sure. So within me, I I look back at that time now and go, oh, that's where it started. And by that, I mean the sense of not worthiness because dad didn't take us with him. Mm. So I worked really hard in everything that I did. And so I won the scholarship to collegiate and I can list a whole bunch of accolades through my life that are, are, you know, probably quite honestly from a place of having to prove myself, the sense of wanting to prove myself to people. So, you know, some amazing things happened along the way. I represented New Zealand in three sports and went to law school but then dropped out and then travelled with Les Mills around the world to train teachers and long, 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 long story short. I'm here now in Wellington, 44-year-old man, kind of a little bit more wiser <laughs> as you get when you're older and I own a studio which is, I think when this goes to air, will just be changing over Yeah, what, what date are you changing? This will go out next Tuesday. Oh, okay. So this yeah, is so days before. This is about four days before. So next Friday, the studio, yoga studio that I own, Power Living, which you've been to, mm. is changing to a 100% own Aotearoa-based yoga studio with 
Māori and hauora philosophies and pillars behind it, a business called Afi Yoga and Wellbeing, with the focus, yes, on yoga, but more holistic kind of approach to wellbeing. Yeah, all of those events that have happened in my life, there's many, many other things that I missed out, have kind of brought me to this place where I am right now, 44. And I'm feeling like I'm only just scratching the surface of <laughs> what is possible for me. Mm. And I'm excited. Yeah. You ask me right now. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of places that we can, we can take what you've just talked to me about. I think, maybe for, let's go back. One of the, the big drivers for you, it sounds like, was the need and the desire to prove yourself. And mm. it's an interesting one that I think a lot of people have to some degree or another. And there can be positives and negatives to that, that actually, because you you push yourself so hard that you end up with a lot of amazing experiences from it, but also... An emptiness? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not really satisfied. Yeah. When did that start to dawn on you, the thing that was driving you? Great question. I would say probably when I started yoga, and that was now, oh gosh... 15 years ago and it started with and this is actually another pivot point I ripped my Achilles and I was in South Africa dancing in a show and that very day I had been to the doctor I had a sty on my eye I was deaf in one ear it was blocked and I had coles around my mouth and he just looked at me and was like what are you doing you need to sit down and rest I said oh I've just got one more week left on this show and he's like no you need to go home and you need to sleep right now I remember at that point thinking oh you don't know me mate (laughs) I've got this thing to do and I'm gonna get it done because when I say I'm gonna do something I'm gonna do it I went to work that night kicked my leg and ripped my Achilles yeah and it really brought me to my knees and made me question were you doing all of that for who were you doing it all for why did you push yourself quite literally to the edge where now you are brought to your knees breaking point and you're cast for three months I did some real soul searching then and I started yoga as a way to heal from that Achilles injury yeah all those questions came to the forefront of you know why are you doing all of this Jace who's it for why are you trying to prove yourself I mean you nailed it I got some great gifts I'm a hard worker I'm very driven self-driven and I'm a man of my word so if I say that I'm going to do something I'll do it it will take something really really serious for me to not show up and and do it but it's at a cost and the cost Mm -hmm. was quite literally me you know, my health. And even though I had all the signs, I wasn't listening, I wasn't listening. So that self-worth thing, like, yeah, you're right, a lot of people have that, and maybe there's different drivers that perhaps initiate that. Mm. My one was dad leaving, and I should precede this by saying, dad and I are great. Yeah. <laughs> We're good now, we've healed the past, and but I harbored such, I would say, hatred for my father, because I couldn't work out why he left my brother and I to be brought up by his parents and then he went and had another family do you see and when you see Mm. your dad walk out and your first memory of a child is at two seeing him I remember he had a red bag I remember his moustache because it was the 70s and long hair it was a mullet I think yeah but I remember it quite vividly 
and when you remember that's quite traumatic right mm. and then it, it steered my life down that way of not of proving my worth everyone kind of has that in some some way and we all I suppose it manifests in different ways mine mm. was proving my worth and therefore becoming very successful throughout my life at thing but the cost was you know losing my health <laughs> some friends probably along the way as well when you came to this point where I mean literally you were brought to your knees by the, I'm assuming by the Achilles maybe even further down than the knees and you started asking yourself these questions like who am I doing this for what answers did you get it took a while for me to actually realize that because I thought I was doing it for my dad TC mm. I thought I was I remember thinking when I was young I just want my dad to say that he loves me as much as he does to his adopted children right mm. and I quite early on decided I never want to see dad even though he asked to have me and my brother for holidays and that that's quite a hmm, full-on thing for a kid to decide I don't want to see their father do you mm. see the answers came kind of gradually where I where it started pointing the finger at I'm doing it for dad to prove my worth to dad whereas actually what it came down to and back to drilling it right down right down right down and this is probably over the space of a year of lots of self-help books and lots of soul searching and lots of yoga in my first year of diving into it was actually proving worth to myself and loving myself without the accolades without the medals without the trophies without the awards it was this yearning to want to find a sense of satisfaction because all those accolades of going to law school and winning scholarships and blah 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 to be honest they gave no satisfaction apart from all mm. oh, that's another thing I remember at my 35th birthday where I was still in that process of it all and my mate saying to me what are you good at now and I was gobsmacked I was like oh have what do you mean she goes well it's like well you know you've moved on from that you've done that and now you're on to the next thing and then you're the best at that and then you I was I took offense and it was almost like oh am I that fickle <laughs> yeah so lots of awakening moments along mm. that pathway of I call it awakening and realization self-realization yeah yeah and I think like with that self-worth stuff often it's an evolving process like initially we're trying to prove that we're worthy to everybody that we do this stuff so the society deems that we're we're worthy and we're seeking self-worth yeah self-worth from that Got but it. then you do something and you figure out that hey actually this doesn't give me the warm fuzzies that I'm looking for with it that going on to to trying something else and I don't know that it's necessarily a bad thing to go through that stuff because often you don't know what you like and you don't know what you value until you test it out and you try it. So Absolutely. sometimes you have to go through and do this stuff to realize, no, actually, that's not for me. But in terms of kind of self-worth and, and self-value at the moment, what's your thinking around that concept at the moment? Where I am where, now? Where you are now, yeah. yeah. I am much happier and therefore quieter person. I say that now when I've just been nominated and given three awards very, very recently and I'm super humbled by those awards had it have been a couple of years ago this is how I compare where I'm at compared to former Jace let's call mm. it is that 
those awards humble me whereas before it would be like oh my god I got this award and this is the validation that I seek and finally will I be happy and finally will I be satisfied answer a few years ago would have been no but today it's like you know it's a privilege I it's a privilege I take it as a privilege to be celebrated I suppose and it's the humblest way I can can put it how I can sum that up, bro, is I'm more deeply in love with myself. I don't mean that in a <laughs> narcissistic way, but I have more self-love, is another yeah. way to say it, than I did years ago. And so I don't seek outward approval or validation as much as perhaps I did when I was younger. Mm. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, it does, it does. And I think I'm on kind of a similar journey with that as well as that. And uh, sometimes it's still nice to get likes on your Instagram post and <laughs> get a bit of self-outward validation. But, I know, that's a trap, isn't it? But also... I only got 500 likes. <laughs> My friend was saying, I was like, mate, I don't even have 500 friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, you're using hashtags real well. Yes, 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 yeah. yes. But I think that with that as well, for you potentially, is it a case of that actually you have found something that you're doing now that really makes you feel worthwhile as well and this is kind of and that's part of why you feel the way that you do that you actually you're found what maybe I, meant to be doing and yeah what I hear you ask is yeah you're right and what I hear you ask is have you found your purpose and that's why you're feeling satisfied yeah right that's now. a much more eloquent way to put that question yeah, no, I, <laughs> no I totally get it and I just wrote about this that's why it's ah, forefront sweet. in my mind and you're right I do I feel like it sounds tacky but and woo woo for a yoga teacher to say this but the stars have aligned you know it's like I feel like another way to say that is my auntie described it beautifully to me she goes oh boy you're really coming into the fullness of yourself now aren't you meaning that everything it's like a pose she described like a pose meaning you know the carving at the front of the marae is connected I'm connected to my ancestors and right through my heart through my heart I get to do everything that I was put here to do I teach yoga and I teach mindfulness to children especially children if I was to drill it right down and I see and I feel I get goosebumps I get emotional because I fucking feel I don't know I'm sorry for swearing but I feel like that's what I've been put here to do and I'm, I'm here with my all on my toolkit I feel like up until now this time in my life I've been filling my my kete we call it my toolkit with skills and now I've it's almost full and I get to use it use it all yeah and I feel like it's all coming together so that's that sense of purpose and satisfaction it's awesome to see the emotion that you have with this that is obviously like it's a purpose and it's a passion as as well and I think, like, why don't we use this opportunity to pivot a little bit and talk about the work that you're doing in teaching mindfulness to, to kids. <laughs> like, why did this come about? Like, why did you decide, hey, this is something that needs to happen and this is something that I need to do and to drive? It has happened organically, I have mm-hmm. to say. And, and it's only happened in a year from where I decided, okay, like I said, I'm a man of my word and I'm going to do this thing to where we are at right now and again I feel it's such a privilege it started actually two things happened as you know I've been doing lots of men's events and Mm. with my own personal experience of having had friends pass away from suicide I 
and the skill set that I have in the yoga meditation world, I know that that helps, helps with my mental health when I was going through my Achilles injury. It's helped many people, many of my students to get calmer and a little bit more clearer in their minds so they're not suffering. So I thought, oh well then I'll hold these men's events. Did more research into these with these men's events around suicide. My own friends have passed away from suicide and I wanted to be a help in that way. And then Youthline came on board. We have a koha class every Sunday where all of our funds go to Youthline. So again in that realm of suicide, but then that was youth. Fast forward to one year ago last last year, I, one of my students said to me, can you come and teach yoga at my school just for the kids? They'd love you. Desile one out in the hut and uh, oh, they just love to have another Māori Pacific Island fella come and make them laugh and then do some yoga and probably cry at the same time <laughs> and I was like oh yeah true I'd, I'd love to do that I love kids and so I went out before that I'd asked my niece my little brother's daughter how she was seven oh, uncle my life is really tough mum and dad had split up and broken family much like my upbringing and you know she, she wasn't dealing with it and I thought oh well, how can I help how can uncle help that was one of the kind of inspiring things for me. And then the second was through all the suicide research that I've been doing, there was this finding from New Zealand stats saying that since 2006, the use of anxiety and antidepressant medicine for children <laughs> has risen by 80%. And so what started off as a yoga class for these kids turned more and more into, you know what, I'm going to teach them how to breathe. And then it turned and evolved into, actually, I'm going to put this to some, how can I engage them? Because I can't just tell kids, sit down and be quiet. That's mindfulness, you know, yeah. and be present, guys. I don't even know what present means. It was to engage them by moving the, their body, and I'd tell them a Māori myth. And that just got more and more evolved into this really tight package now that I've got, that I go into, I've been to would have worked with by the end of 2018, 2,000 kids around New Zealand now. And uh, we just got some funding to create some videos online. It's gonna be an online program because I can't be at all the schools. So in a year, it's gone from one yoga class and wanting to help my niece to now being a program that's been gonna be picked up in term one by schools all throughout New Zealand next year. Amazing, man. And what sort of outcomes are the, are the kids having from this? Well, I can share two that really stick and sum it up, I suppose. Because mm. I'm only in there, in one session, for example, it's 12 to 15 minutes. I'll go in, we'll do a karakia, and we'll, at the beginning and the end, I'll tell them a story, we put it into their bodies. M3 stands for Māori mythology or Māori story, movement, and then also mindfulness. Mindfulness is sprinkled throughout in that I get them to focus completely on the moment, which is what being mindful is. And they're fully engaged from going to the end. And, you know, the best success story has been a on the spectrum of autism. One student can't talk. She went from, when I first went into her school, I was there for 10 weeks for 12 minutes, just for her class. And from the first week, she was really disruptive. She'd stand at the class and just yell and rah. And then second week, she was like, oh, who's that guy that comes in? Third week, came right up to me and just stood by me, just staring at me. Can't talk. From the fourth, fifth, sixth week on to the end, end, she'd sit down and engage and do the breathing. Her teacher, her minder, sent me a video that when I left after the 10 weeks was up, saying, you don't know what you have given this child. 
we work with her every day. She requires two minders at this at school. And now all we have to say is Jace. And she takes herself away into the corner when she knows that she's gonna go off and she makes herself breathe. And that I you know, I just mean this is a privilege. Mm. And her minder is saying to me, You've given her a life skill that she yeah. can take and she's self-managing herself. And all we have to say is Jace. And that's what she does. She yeah. goes away and she starts breathing. She counts for herself. Yeah, man, that's amazing. I mean, that's changed her life direction by having that skill. And she's still doing it. That was a school that I was with in term one. It's now term four. And she's still doing it. Oh, gosh, I can't, you know, that's what I mean around this. That's how I know it's my purpose is that even just talking about this makes my heart just full. You know, not from a, that's validation point of view, mm. but just that I could offer some of the skills that I've gleaned throughout my whole life to another. That could impact her in that way. It's, that's awesome. Yeah, man, that's, that's oh, really man. cool. It can't have been actually an easy process for you this year, though, with doing what it is that, you're, that you've done. I mean, what, what challenges have you faced yourself through this process? My bro passed away about two months ago, my younger brother, who I was brought up with, and my grandparents. And you know, I was saying about my niece, the seven-year-old, who said, oh, I'm, I'm not coping, uncle. Even more, this program, <laughs> you know, how can it help my niece now, whose dad is not here? She was already struggling. Mm. And she came and stayed with her sister with me about, in the last school holidays, about three weeks ago. And we were doing breathing exercises. And, and I said to her, how do you feel now, darling? And she was like, oh, Uncle, I just feel like, like, of course, she misses her dad. Mm. I feel like calmer, I feel like, and I was, that's it, that's it. Mm. If I can offer that to my niece and she can just be in the present now, in the present now, because I keep saying to her, are you okay now? Like right now in this moment, are you okay? Yes, Uncle, I'm okay. Because, you know, kids, they reminisce and oh, mm. dad, wish dad was here and I love the times with dad, et cetera, et cetera. So, but if I could keep her not, ignoring what went on in the past but if I can keep her here in the present then there's less suffering for her mm. so yeah that was a big struggle at first I was like oh shit I don't know whether I want to continue with this but then I realised no even more I need to go ahead with this mahi this mindfulness mahi apart from that now is the time for mindfulness to take off and I am just seeing it everywhere mm. maybe that's just reticular thinking you know when you think of a black car oh, I want a black yeah. car and all you see is a black car but I just see on my radar mindfulness 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 and that's not even to do with the world of yoga not even in the yoga mm. space I just see it all the time earlier this year the government did a mental health inquiry around how can we make our statistics for male suicide and youth suicide which are the highest in the world currently better what do we have to do what programs are there that are out there and you know I've got one but there's also many other mindfulness programs that are just going off right now my a mindfulness program for secondary schools for example as part of the curriculum where you get to as an elective you get to choose art you know English maths and mindfulness that's awesome wicked eh? yeah, yeah. gosh I wish we had that when yeah. we were young and it's it's interesting like I work as a physiotherapist and the amount of research that has come out about utilizing mindfulness or kind of another type of meditative practice for the treatment of chronic pain there's just this groundswell of research coming out and saying if you're not using this as part of your treatment protocol for people that have 
persistent pain problems, then you're doing them a disservice. Right? Mm. True believer in that, and then um, I was going to say about the Aumari, but I'll probably speak about that later, but in the Aumari we believe in the holistic, it's called the Te Whare Tapawha, four mm. walls of the house, your house being your well-being, high water, and it's linked, all of it is linked. Your body is a manifestation of the state of your mind, and you know they're both linked in that way. And then how much can your emotions actually contribute to, or lack of thereof, contribute to your health as well? And then how much, if you're not in good shape, how much could does that affect your relationships with others, which is the mm. fourth wall of whānau? So in Te Māori we, we speak about making body good, yes. A lot of people just focus on just getting your body right, getting your body right. Our true belief is that well-being is centred around those four wars. The body, what you put into it, how you treat it. The mind, you know, clearing the mind. Your wairua or heart and just making sure your heart is always open and that you let go of those things that cause suffering. And then therefore, when you're good, everything, all your relationships, your whānau, friends and wider community, your relationships are so much better. That makes sense to me. Yeah, and I mean, that's that's something that I've kind of developed more and more of an understanding of, that, that everything is, is connected, and that's a, like it's a, it's a concept that really makes sense to me, the four pillars, that everything is connected, everything affects everything else. Whereas, yeah, I mean, in my 20s, we, we were t- talking earlier that my emotional comfort zone is bigger than what it used to be, but <laughs> was relatively was relatively small at the time. So it was... Uh, I do the physical stuff and by doing that physical stuff like even at that time it would have had a carryover effect of to my mental health and my emotional health and my and my spiritual health as well but now actually like when I exercise I don't do it as much for the physical benefits like when I was 20 I was lifted weights so that I uh, had beach muscles <laughs> yes, yes, yes 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 don't get the yeah. sand kicked on you yeah but I drank <laughs> but I drank too much beer so I never uh, had, yeah, had, yeah, had yeah, that good yeah. abs but uh, like when I exercise now it's much more for the mental the emotional the spiritual side of things and like the physical stuff is is the just uh, it's the added bonus you got it I think that again comes with age, don't you think? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I do most of the things that I do, and I know I can be in a bubble around that. I'm always reminded by my partner. He, he's beautiful. He's like, oh, stop namasteing me. Because <laughs> like, you know, a bubble around being super mindful about yeah. how I place the orange on the bench, you know, all that kind yeah. of stuff. It's like, dude, just be you, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And you know, that's just balance, isn't it? But yeah, my perspective now is more from, if, I'm, if my mind is good, which is why I start my day meditation, mm. then, and my mindset is good and clear. I know Joel Buzay talks about that, you yeah. know, like, like really getting clear and with your intentions at the beginning of your day, then the rest of it will fall into place. Like my heart is open to whatever comes. Yeah, my body, I make sure I move my body at least six days a, a week and then one day complete rest, nothing, nothing strenuous. Yeah, and then, and then that just informs the relationships that I have. In fact, the relationships I have is usually how I'm showing up in the world. If I'm having a shit time or I'm not having connected with my family, it means that I'm not taking good care of myself. That's how I see that. Whereas when I'm social and when I'm open and engage with my friends and my family, I know that I'm in a good space myself personally. And like we're like this is 
going to come out next Tuesday and on Saturday actually where there's a whole bunch of dudes that are, are going to be sitting down yes. at, at Afi having a, a korero or for the foreign listeners well non-New Zealand listeners a, a chat as a Movember event around kind of mental health ladies are invited as because you're an important part of keeping men healthy oh my gosh yeah. yes yeah. far yeah. out yeah <laughs> um, but mate like, do you want to tell us a little bit more about kind of the vibe of those events and, and yeah, why they're important well you kind of spoke to it a little earlier on beautifully around how your capacity, emotional capacity is used to be quite small in your, mm. in your younger years and now it's a little bit wider. And that's, I would say, general, sweeping generalisation mm. that a lot of men are like that. And yeah. that their capacity to deal with their emotions and stuff, stuff, uh, is quite small. And so I, in my first year back from... Australia when I moved back to open power living I realized through my friends passing away of suicide and the statistics of suicide is that I had some cool tools to be able to deal with my mental health how about I hold an event and then that event again like things do with me evolved into something completely like just now I used to have yoga I think you were involved in it you used to come and do yoga with yeah, the bros yeah. bros of yoga well those yeah. bros of yoga they were an offshoot from this Movember event when my very first Movember event was a just I think it was bros who can't touch their toes is okay. the name of it and then we afterwards we all just sat around and we chatted and from that came oh I feel really what's the word there was one brother far out his name was James I can see him he's got he had a ginger mo <laughs> he grew it for the event and he said, I have never felt so good in my life. I said, oh, what, 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 what was it? And he goes, oh, it was the yoga because it was really hard. But I, get, I got to talk to other bros who feel exactly the same way as I do. Mm. I've never, apart from my mates, I don't speak about that with my mates, but I, he opened up to other fellas. I was like, oh, there's something happening here. And so since then, that was three years ago now, I've held events throughout the year where men can come and just chat. And it starts with having beautiful guests like you, all from different walks of life, giving a synopsis of their lives and when perhaps things weren't good, and your tools perhaps that helped you to stay sane or helped you out of a dark time perhaps. And from that, what beautifully happens and I will MC it, comes a quarter and I get the guys to ask questions to you as the speakers. It just comes amazing corridor and fellas going, oh, I didn't know anyone else felt like I did. I didn't know that that's what you could do to calm your head. I didn't know that, you know, like anything comes from it and it's so organic and beautiful. And I can't tell you how many emails I've received from past events where guys are like, I've never opened up so much. I've had so many guys starting yoga because they've found that that's a way. It's not always the way. I'm not here to say, come do yoga. I'm just here to open up a conversation and go, let's take better care of ourselves, brothers. My brother passed away because, well, many things, but his health wasn't good. The health wasn't good because his head wasn't good. His head wasn't good because his heart wasn't good. <laughs> and in fact, he died from his aorta bursting, so quite literally a broken heart. I don't want that for anyone. And so if we could provide a space where fellas can come together and just over some kombucha and a cup of tea, sit down, have a cordial, bro, 
that would be wicked. And mm. so that's why, you know, I've invited you to come and all the other guys in Dallas who you beautifully put me mm. on to. Only magic things can come from these sessions. I've had conversations with people about this topic before and it's uh, I mean it's talking from a like a Kiwi male perspective and like I was a child of the 80s and our generations hold everything so close to our, our chests that we we never really learn how to share I don't think and I mean un- unfortunately our, our parents and their parents didn't, didn't really have that opportunity either but holding everything that close to your chest you develop a real kind of sense of isolation and a sense of, of discomfort that you think I've got all these problems there must be something wrong with me yes. in in this position whereas you facilitating this community and this opportunity for guys to, to have conversations with each other and for some to, to start sharing or the ones that are ready to start sharing some of the hard stuff that they've been through actually it affords the opportunity for the other dudes that show up to say oh I'm not alone here I'm yes and actually what sort of ripple effects does that event have that yeah you've got some dudes that are, are sitting up the front sharing and you've got the guys immediately in the room but then those guys that have have heard a story are they more likely to share their story to another group of guys and then it goes on from there and so on and so forth well one of the emails that I got was from a guy and this is the the last one that I had was months ago and Joel Buzay spoke to me months four months ago maybe and this guy only emailed me probably two weeks ago and said I want to thank you and I want he was asking when's the next one because I just got a pay rise and I was actually going to leave the job because I was so depressed and had no hope, put it this that way, and ended up not only going back to work but also thriving simply because what he shared was that he realised that there were other people like him because like you said, you own, when you're going through your shit you feel like really isolated and that perhaps you're the only person who thinks that way, mm. who feels that way and that it's we've been taught to suck it up and don't show yeah. your emotions boys so it festers away at you and then that just hearing, he didn't speak just hearing someone else share about it and one of the speakers did exactly that. It catapulted his, he used the word, it's propelled me into a trajectory that I never ever thought was possible and he got a you know pay rise and all these things happened to him, like a series of events. And all it was was listening to someone else that caused the shift. He didn't speak. And yeah. you know, same with my partner too, like the things that have happened to his life since since going to that same quarter was like oh wow and you know even though I'm I'm quite driven myself yeah, yeah. I don't like to you know you must know that you yeah. tread very carefully <laughs> around that with your own partner yeah, yeah. you don't namaste him too much no 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 and I've, I've learned to stop doing that now yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah even even his way of thinking is has definitely changed so if we can if we can do that for even one guy mm. that comes that then oh man that's that's amazing yeah it is yeah. it's a privilege and like it's it's amazing to think of that stuff and actually the the impact that it has because i mean again it kind of comes back to mindfulness is that you go through life almost oblivious to how you come across and what you how you present yourself and the stories that you tell and how that affects the people around you but actually it can change someone's life oh you don't know yeah you don't know 
I, you know, the biggest thing that I am my getting to know myself better was, and this is, I suppose, speaking to what we're talking about with men trying to keep their shit together and hold it in, you know. I was from the 70s when my grandparents, who were that generation of the 50s, from, of that, I got told, don't you cry, boy. I'll give you something to cry about if you cry, do you know? Mm. And so my whole, up until I did my very first yoga retreat, until my late 20s, late 20s or early 30s, didn't cry. Now I cry at a, our cat. <laughs> you know, do you know what I mean? But, uh, but I, you know, I didn't cry and I was like, oh my God, I've been taught not to, not to express my emotions. And... I'm not saying guys come to this event and you'll learn and you'll cry your ass off, you know what I mean? I'm just saying, what about if we were able to better express ourselves and our emotions? So we're not holding it in so it doesn't poison us, so it doesn't fester and perhaps manifest into a physical condition that quite literally kills us. What about if we were able to be more communicative? And what better way than to provide a safe space for guys than with other guys to be able to do it? It's amazing what comes out of two hours worth of just talking, really. That's all it is. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's powerful, man. And, I mean, I could talk to you for, like, we'd sit here for the rest of the night, but we've only got the meeting room booked for another five minutes. All oh, so, right, 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 okay, um, okay, wrap it up. <laughs> so, if people are interested in coming along to this event, if they're around the Wellington region the weekend uh, on the 17th, like, how do they do that? Super simple. Come to our new Afi Yoga and Wellbeing Studio. It's at 15 Johnston Street, Level 2, on the same street as David Jones, just off Featherston Street, and you just pay koha on the door. You don't have to book. Well, you can book, but it's not necessary. You just turn up. Super simple. Want to make it easy and accessible for everybody. Uh, yeah, bring everyone. Like, um, my nephew is coming, and he's bringing his workmates who worked with my brother. So I hope that still happens. Like, anything can happen in between now and then, but uh, I'm keeping my fingers crossed. I'm quite hopeful. Yeah, and you just give koha, and the koha goes to Movember. And Movember has an arm of mental health. So all of the funds go towards men's mental health and just spending more, t more money on making sure that guys have some resources and safe places to be able to speak about this stuff. Cool. Jason, I want to ask you a couple of questions that I ask everyone towards the end of the chat, mate. What was the last uncomfortable thing that you did and how did you get through it? Saying to a man that I really respected that I don't want to be a part of his business anymore because it wasn't aligned with me very recently. And the result is a new business about to, yeah, <laughs> to nice, open nice. and come up from that, yeah. Cool. And what's the next uncomfortable thing that you're going to do and why is that uncomfortable for you? Tomorrow night, I'm going out to Cannons Creek really is just a support for a community that has suffered from a spate of suicide attempts. And bro, to be honest, I'm shit scared because I don't even know how I'm going to help. And they reached out to me as a Māori mindfulness suicide prevention advocate for some help. And I've been racking my brain and my heart going, how can I help? And the biggest answer I've come up with is just be there. I'm here. I've, that's one of my mantras is I'm here for you. I'm here for you. If they are calling for my help, then I'm just, I'm there for you. My brother did that before he passed. And he was like, I need your help, bro. He hasn't ever asked me for any help. And he finally did. And I, I've tried, not that I hadn't tried up before he passed, but yeah. So that's my mantra going forward. Anyone ask my help, man, I'm there. Cool. Yeah. And, I mean, that kind of leads into the next question, but do you have any strategies that you're using in uncomfortable situations? Stop. 
breathe. <laughs> and in that space, in that space of the breath, <laughs> I know that sounds so simple and a little bit woo-woo, it really is that simple for me, I have to say, and it's worked every time, is that in that space where you take a breath, or three, five even, clarity comes. In Māori we call it tau, you become really settled. It's like, for me, how I can explain it, is that uncomfortable is like tension, it's like somewhere, like dark clouds coming in and over you. And if you take a breath, or two, or three, or even ten, it's like those dark clouds start to dissipate, and there's like a clear... The Buddhists call it clear blue sky, mm. blue sky mind. And always with a blue sky mind when you're clear, you can make an informed and better decision about how to respond rather than react. Mm. So I always ground myself and take a breath. I like that. Jace, I just want to say thanks so much for coming down and having a conversation with me, mate. It's been Sweet it's been amazing. We definitely have to do another one, I think. And I also want to thank you so much for, for all the work that you do and, and facilitating getting these these ideas and these techniques out to the community as well and and i mean you know about some of the lives that you've changed but there's probably a lot of lives that you've changed and you've affected that you don't know about as well well i'm sure there are hundreds so thank you so much for for all the mahi that you do around that man it's it's very cool thanks Murray. it is it's a privilege Jace, if people want to follow you, mate, and yeah. uh, find out more about you, where can they do that? Social handles you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, man, I've got three of them now. It's bloody hard just trying to handle <laughs> one. But, well, my own personal is Jace Tepatu on Instagram and then also on Facebook. Uh, M3 Mindfulness for Children is my Instagram for my M3 Mindfulness. And then Uffy Yoga super simple .co.nz is the website but then Afi Yoga will, will be in two days time uh, on Instagram as well sweet mate and final question for you yes do you have a challenge to leave me and the listeners with this week yes could you call your mum and tell her how much you love her and remind her of one memory that you hold really dear to you from your childhood that touches you right now cool that's a great challenge mate thank you so much for getting uncomfortable with me today (laughs) thank you my brother there you have it team i hope you got something out of that podcast with jace and i today as i mentioned at the start if you're struggling if you're having a tough time at the moment reach out to jace and or myself or or someone else close to you tell them what's going on and have a chat with them because it it is going to get better but we need to all support each other in this so definitely reach out to us or definitely reach out to someone that you trust if you are having a tough time at the moment as i mentioned at the start as well this episode is brought to you by the uncomfortable community helping to train you to get out of your comfort zone head to uncomfortablecommunity.com use the code podcast to get your first month free and just want to say thank you for the people that have helped put on this this episode. Thank you, Jailan, for all your editing wizardry. Thank you to my brother, Jeremy Desmond, for all your musical wizardry. And thanks to everyone out there for all your listening wizardry as well. I hope that you have a strategically uncomfortable week. Thank you so much for getting uncomfortable with Jason and I today. 